Welcome to the Strategy and Leadership Podcast, the podcast that brings you practical advice, lessons, and stories from senior leaders and thought leaders from around the world. The Strategy and Leadership Podcast is brought to you by SME Strategy, working with organizations around the world to create and implement their strategic plans. To learn more, visit smestrategy.net. And now, your host, Anthony Taylor. Welcome, folks, to this episode of the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. My name is Anthony Taylor. I'm super excited to be joined by my guest today, Mo Hamzian, who is the CEO at Vell. Mo, how's it going today? Yeah, very good. Thanks very much, Anthony. Excited to be here. Awesome, sir. I'm, I'm excited. I love your art in the background. And the stupidest thing went through my head when I saw your thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got NFTs in real life. And it just, it was like the most millennial dumb thing I've ever said to myself, but they're cool art. So if you haven't yet, be sure to check us out on YouTube to see the background of Mo. But uh, Mo, where are you calling from? And, uh, you know, what's exciting in the life these days? Yeah, first of all, let me touch them so you know they're not NFTs, they're real. Um, and a, a cute story. Look, I, we spend so much time, the workplace has changed so much. We spend so much time behind Zoom. And the rear view camera behind you is, it's like I spend more time looking at it than my than the people I speak with, right? Because I see them once a month, twice a month, whatever it is. So I said, I want something curious behind me, something that's going to be uplifting, nothing taking myself too seriously. I found this artist. And then we had, my family actually had some fun and we all chose our own kind of cat caricatures, impersonations, and then that's where you are. But right now I'm in Northeast Florida, actually, a small place, which is very nice, very sort of symbolic of that you can create small and great things from wherever you are. So I'm in a, I'm in a small town with maybe 10,000 people, but we're doing some really interesting stuff, my team and I. Cool. And your background, what got you to this point? What kind of ventures, businesses, things have kept you busy over the, over the past years? Yeah, so I, I'm, I started really working in the 1990s. When I started working, entrepreneurship wasn't a thing yet. It hadn't happened. It was kind of you're a businessman and, or a merchant or something like that. So I fell into, fell into real estate by accident. Made some made some money. Thought, I'm gosh, I'm really good at this, and had some luck along the way. And and uh, and then real estate, you know, you grow, you get more sophisticated uh, with that on the development side, new build side in England, and then fell into kind of manufacturing and consulting and a little bit of private equity. Private equity took me to to the world of retail, and I suddenly realized, gosh, isn't it nice to sell to customer directly? You know, this idea of customer experience. I kind of romanticized it for all this time, being behind the scenes as a real estate guy or an industrialist, you know, because of that experience of seven or eight years being in that, maybe a few years longer than that, I realized I really enjoy innovating product and then selling it to customer. And that engagement or that relationship is very special. That may not be there if you're producing alloy wheels and selling it to car manufacturer, for instance, right? So I did that for a while. Then I decided in my late 30s, which was a great, scary decision, that actually I have some real blind spots here. I've traversed life and entrepreneurship by a series of really good accidents, but I've never had the periscope up to go, hmm, this is the direction, this is the tactics, this is a long-term vision. And partly because, you know, you come from a place whereby Mentorship wasn't really there. Infrastructure wasn't really there for entrepreneurs as it is today. Silicon Valley wasn't a real thing, you know, in the in the late 90s, early noughties. And 
So I said, the best thing to do is to go to business school and upgrade some of those software and firmware inside yourself. So I did that best thing ever. Um, it taught me vision, strategy, leadership. It actually taught me, taught me most of all, depend on what you don't know and fill the gaps. And then that was 2015. A couple of years after that, I decided something called Brexit happened in my home, home country. And that divorce with Europe, I was slightly allergic to it. And I knew that there are going to be some economic headwinds coming to the UK. And we had a foot in the US anyway. And I said, let's try it here. And, you know, migrating countries is the most imperfect decision you can make in your life, even in a transparent marketplace, but retrospectively, a great one. And um, I've been here since 2017 and I love it. Awesome. I love that. Well, let me take try to take a culmination question here. So we talked about your, your cool paintings in the background. We talked about entrepreneurship, what you like. We talked about leadership being something that you care about. So if I said and asked you, what is your perspective on the intermingling of entrepreneurship and personality and why it's important in the marketplace? What would you say? Well, Entrepreneurship, first of all, let me qualify it, is one of the most least glamorous things you can do. You know, it's not like flying a private jet. It's like going through a main airport. You have to take your shoes off, your socks off. It's painful. There's a lot of sandpaper involved. And it's a very long road. You better have some stamina. And when I kind of help out the you know people 15, 20 years behind me, I make sure they, they know that it's a five to seven year journey. So sometimes good entrepreneurs just don't know any better. And there are other things, there are other disciplines like intrapreneurship, where you can have that discipline within a series A or a series B, or even a corporate, where you can have those exercise the same kind of practices and nuances. But for me, entrepreneurship is this idea of singularly obsessed. Just with the, with the business I'm involved now, I, I'm sure we talk about it. I recognize the pain point. And I this light bulb moment, came in, I said, well, wait a minute, I can do something about this. <laughs> I can fix this. And I, I became emotional and kind of really energized by it. And then I honestly, I couldn't sleep for weeks until I decided how am I going to fix this? Because that's just your concept. That's how you're designed. So a bit of a you know, conquestador. So sometimes you just have to be a little bit dogged with it, dog with a bone and, and realize that you can do it. And entrepreneurship, you have this stub inside to you, this outlaw, this rebel. And it's so nice because in today's market of entrepreneurship, there are frameworks of there's so much data out there of what doesn't work. And it mitigates the risk of saying in case studies, you, you follow these seven practices, the chances of success is for you and your team is more than if you don't. So that's, that's really good. Well, it's, it's ironic or maybe not ironic that you say that. So being an entrepreneur, uh, this is a, I can't even point to myself. My first book on entrepreneurship is right here. And it's funny because as an entrepreneur, while there are the frameworks, you want to innovate yourself and say, well, I can do this better, but really it's, it's all fundamental, but you kind of have to make your own mistakes through that. And I find that super interesting. And that's what, you know, what we take into our, our leading strategy is Yes, there's a framework, but then you also kind of have to fail through it. And what I find cool about kind of your approach is that once you have that thing in your mind, you go after it. And entrepreneurship is just a series of failures until you become successful, which I think entrepreneurship and innovation are tied closely together because 
the only reason you're innovating is because you're trying to create a new outcome. So you just keep going until you get to that outcome that you desire. What are your thoughts on that? I do. I, I actually, I, I think in terms of outcome, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. In terms of outcome of entrepreneurship, kind of this rule of thumb, back of the envelope, when you're doing some stress testing earlier on, I always think of it this kind of three plus one model. I, I don't come up with this. This is kind of learning from different business schools, et cetera. Number one is this team, the people. Do you have the resources and capabilities and the know-how within you and your co-founding team and your advisory team and your board of directors, however small or big you are, to execute the way you think you're going to execute? Because solopreneurs, goodness me, it's very risky. You could get sick, you get argument with your investors, you know, lots of things can happen. And statistically, they get less funded. So you definitely have a good team and you're going to have to pivot. Like you said, you're going to fail, you're going to fall flat on your face. You're going to have to learn what it takes as a team to be able to say, let's shift our feet a little bit and look at it this way. And one of the things that actually, things I enjoy learning about is removing heuristics and confirmation biases. And a good team, like you know, will give you that. The next thing is this product market fit. Is, is the pain point significant or is it an itch? Um, because if it's an itch, good luck. You, I mean, you, customer is not going to pay what you think they're going to pay because they're just switching costs are so high in today's marketplace. So the program market better be right, significant, and for a large body of people, hopefully. Then it's this economics of it, this business model of it. How are you earning money? Where do you lose money? Where do you gain money? Is it subscription? Is it recurring? Is it defendable? Are margins good? Some of those kind of value engineering under the hood. And then the most important, I feel, of, of, of the wrapper is, is the trend there. Are you too early? Are you too late? Do you have the wind of change behind you? And some businesses have it, some don't. I mean, and, and Apple is very good at capitalizing on someone else's misfortune or, or being second to market. iPod, iPhone, list goes on um, because the trend was there where it wasn't previously for their, for their competitors. Hey, sorry to interrupt. It's Anthony here again. I just wanted to let you know if you're enjoying today's episode, I'd love it if you could give us a review and a comment to let us know where you're listening from. It means a lot to us. It helps us with the algorithm. It also helps us get into the hands of more people so that we can keep bringing great guests onto the show. So please do that. Also, if you or your team are planning a strategic planning offsite coming up, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to see if we're a fit to facilitate, to support you and your team getting on the same page and getting Clear about where you want to go. So you can visit smestrategy.net or click the link in the description. We'd appreciate both of those things. And now get us back to the episode. Yeah, I find it interesting. And again, when we do strategic planning, we incorporate a trend analysis. But I thought it was cool when you talk about the winds of change, you saw the writing on the wall for the UK as an example and saying, hey, you know, what are the opportunities here? What is going to be happening? Am I positioning myself in a place to be successful? And, you know, now you're in a 10,000 person town in Florida with uh, other businesses in the US, which I'm going to ask you about shortly. But it sounds like you surveyed your opportunities and you make made that strategic bet even into the unknown to be able to help you accomplish what you wanted to accomplish moving forward. It's true. It's exactly right. With with imperfect information, I was 70% sure moving to the US is a good decision. And, and we went for it as a family. And uh, in the end, it was. It could have not been, and then you would have had to adjust your feet. But uh, you, you can't get stuck in a moment. Um, sometimes sit on, on your, sit on your hand is a good strategy, mm. but it's a, very, it's, it's a near-term decision. 
Yeah. I find that some people will avoid making a mistake for fear of the wrong thing. And that is, I mean, to me, of course, like that's the safe route. I'm not wired that way either, but nothing ventured, nothing gained. So you need to be that entrepreneur, entrepreneur, corporate explorer, as one of our previous guests shared, um, to be able to help you get to that next place. So as a segue, you know, what is the business? What is Fell? What is keeping you excited uh, over 2022 and beyond? Wow, we are so, when you say that, the back of my hair was kind of standing up and I, I do this every day. It's one of those businesses, I kid you not, gets me and my co-founder and CEO, Jack, up 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning and we go till 10.30, 11. And we've built such a great team around us. Um, so we're really excited. So if you and I met in a very quick elevator ride and you said, Anthony, you said, Mo, you said, what do you do for a living? I would say, well, we are the love child of Starbucks and WeWork. We wanted to ask, what does the new age coffee shop look like? Because coffee shops are great if you want to buy coffee and a bottle of butter pastry. But if you want to open up your laptop, you want flexible privacy, you want reservation, you want good acoustics, you want a space that is designed for you to do very good quality work locally to you, it doesn't exist. So we think the hybrid workplace is here to stay for either complementing your home office or because you don't want to commute or because you don't have an office, the library is no longer around. And millions of Americans spend billions of dollars in F&B retail to do good quality work. Um, but it's just not designed that way. So Vell is, in its first iteration, is a tech-forward work cafe that helps you do your best work, whether it's acoustic, hygiene, lighting, sound quality, reservations, even, even hardware, even having Wi-Fi that is better than your Wi-Fi at home, more secure than your Wi-Fi at home. However, you don't have to travel any further because coffee shops are local. You don't have to spend any more per hour than a normal coffee shop because the average check value of a coffee shop is about $10 per, per customer per head. So it's making sure we give all the value metrics of a coffee shop experience, but as if GoPro made a coffee shop in today's marketplace. It's a very, very kind of extreme version of a, of a work cafe. That's cool. Well, again, it goes back to like thematically, if we look at the winds of change and what's happening in the marketplace, you know, co-working and I was working co-working for so, so long. And the fundamental idea when co-working was new, you know, pre entrepreneurship now co-working was, Hey, here's a third space for you to work from just a place to get out of your house, to do work or to save money on office. And what I like that you guys have done is taken that and like distilled the value to say, it's not just a place for you to do work. It's a place for you to do your best work because you recognize the environment matters. What's behind you matters. What's around you matters, but also not making it high, like prohibitively expensive that other co-working spaces are, you've created a really great differentiator niche and, and environment. And I assert that, you know, it's, it's the, not the culture, but the vibe around the place is really important to support the people in your space being successful. Yeah. You said it really well. And co-working, we love it. Co-working is this office replacement actually. And it's, there's a friction to it. One, it's not local. Two, it's a warehouse solution. Two, it's a membership program. So it's exclusive. So there's an encumbrance there. And what you pay three, $400 a month might get you a hot desk, but that's about it. And it, so it therefore doesn't have that inclusive or transactional flexibility of a coffee shop because anyone can go into a coffee shop. But coffee shops are you know, huge pain points in, in, a, in a coffee shop. And most coffee shops in the US 
actually prefer you to buy coffee and pastry and, and leave. Thanks very much. Because they, they rely on that. And that's okay because that's that's the mandate of the coffee shop. But no, we, we're kind of really excited by it. Um, we've had two fundraisers. Both have gone tremendously well. Some really cool people around us. We're opening shop number one in Savannah, Georgia, with a couple more behind in the pipeline. Um, so good things to come. Excellent. So as we know, the path of an entrepreneur, whether you're an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur, an innovator, a disruptor, it is always a new path. And just because you had success in your past ventures does not mean you're going to have success in your future ventures, by the way, I'm just saying, generally speaking, not for you. And so I'm curious as to where you sit right now, as of today, what are some of the new challenges that are expanding your brain that are having you, you're saying, Hey, like I haven't solved this yet. I'm still working through this. I'm evolving in this iteration of my life and my career and my business. What are the kind of two or three wonders that you still have about what's next for you? Yeah, it's really interesting. I think it's about, you know, comes to this idea of culture, what you're trying to create for yourself and your personal manifesto and your business's vision to create. At Vell, and in my personal life, because we're, we're a small team and, and the co-founders and senior managers have enormous influence on the culture of Vell, we really truly believe in excellence. We want our customers and internally us to be wanting to win the gold medal. Therefore, comes tremendous amount of sacrifice and commitment to try and win the gold medal in four years' time. So growth is inherent in, in startup world, in today's startup world, and scale is also inherent. So being able to grow and scale our value proposition uh, and get market share and be known for it is tantalizing. I mean, that's our version of, of, of the gold medal. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of those things is, is to do that um, in, this, in this chapter of life. But at the same time, what we fall in love with is product. We love pro- innovating our product. At the moment, we're kind of exploring this idea of air quality in a, in a coffee shop. And what is our responsibility? Where does it stop? Where does it end? What value engineering metrics can we bring in? What is perception of air quality versus air quality itself? How detailed do we want to get? What budgets do we want to allocate to it? And that's just air quality. I mean, I can tell you about door handles and it's the similar exercise. But... No, it's really fun to to be doing this um, with with my team and and this product. And the winds of change are here with with workplace changing so much. Freelancers, there are more of them. Remote work is is now a real category. So it's fun stuff. Awesome. Well, I, I can tell that you love not just the uh, outcome, but certainly the outcome, but also the process that leads to the outcome. Like the training is fun because that's, you know, it's in your bones. You just like doing that. So I, I'm very happy for you. I'm very excited. It sounds like a very, very cool thing. And I look forward to seeing the doors and uh, experiencing the air quality next time I'm in Savannah. Uh, <laughs> just as we finish up today, you know, you've done a lot of education yourself on on strategy and leadership. You did your postdoc. Like, what's one thing you want to leave with our listeners, um, either a guiding principle or a big aha for you as it relates to strategy and leadership for organizations and individuals? Yeah, I mean, for individuals is I have we have we have a we have an investor with us, a chap called Tom, I mean, brilliant mind. He's um, scaled businesses in the past, and uh, it's it's he always says have the end in mind. And that's so important to, to know which, which direction you want to get to. Actually, when I was younger, I did a lot of motor racing and it's, you know, you will drive where your eyes are. 
and that's that's a metaphor for life. You know, having having your eye on the ball is really, really, really important. And you know, the other thing that I, I would say is, is rely on, on good data. That's something that in today's market is quite inexpensive and 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 to do. And then common sense. You'd be surprised how how good our internal barometer is on what feels right, what sounds right, and what decisions you can make around it. And, and finally, I leave this, but I had a professor, ex McKinsey, um, her name was Jessica, is still Jessica. And she said, follow the money, Mo. And it's it's really important. Um, in, in today's marketplace, you, you, startups chase valuations, market share, customers. It's important to, to think about revenue in the bottom line. Absolutely. I love that. Drive where your eyes are. Be clear about that outcome. Make sure that you got good data. So do the testing. And of course, follow the money, because if there's no money, there's no check, there's no deal. So uh, I love that. Uh, Mo, where can people get a hold of you? Where can they learn more about what you're doing and where can they see the newest Vell space? Yeah. So Vell, Savannah, Georgia with Charleston behind it and a few other cities after that. Find me on LinkedIn. I'm sure it'll be in the show notes. I love connecting with new people. The company's domain is myvel.com. We tried to buy vel.com, but the owners wanted uh, three quarters of a million for it. Um, so we said we said no. So myvel.com is where where the business is at. But um, and our and our social media handles is uh, work at vel. So you can find us um, lots of different places. Awesome, Mo. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It was awesome chatting with you. Ladies and gentlemen, folks and people, my guest, Mo Hamzian, who is the CEO of Vell. Be sure to check out his space. Be sure to check out his art and be sure to follow the money wherever you go. So thanks so much for watching. My name is Anthony Taylor. This has been the Strategy and Leadership Podcast. Appreciate you watching. If you're looking for somebody to help you keep your eyes on the road as it relates to your strategy or your strategic plan, be sure to reach out to us. We'd be happy to help smestrategy.net. So thanks so much for joining us today. And until next time. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Before you go, I wanted to make sure that you knew about our signature course that will help you better align your team and get them bought into your strategic plan. It's presented really simply that whether you're a seasoned veteran or brand new to strategic planning, it'll help you better understand it, it'll help your team think more strategically, and it'll help you better prioritize and set goals. Ultimately, it's going to give you a plan that you can execute successfully. Because you have no idea how many plans that I see that look good, but are missing key components to make them successful. And we cover all of those missteps in the course. On top of all the video training, you'll get access to all of our workbooks and access to our knowledge base and community. The course is only $4.95 and you can get instant access to all of the videos. Plus you can use the code podcast for $100 off. Course comes with a 100% money back guarantee. If you don't get value from the course, let us know and we'll give you all of your money back. So go to smestrategy.net slash course, use the code podcast for $100 off. And I'm really looking forward to the opportunity to support you and your team in getting alignment and moving your strategic plan forward. Thanks again for listening and we'll catch you next time.